Welcome to Kids Considered, where two pediatricians discuss children's health topics of interest to parents in a podcast with new subjects considered every episode. I'm Dr. Lena Vanderlist. And I'm Dr. Dean Blumberg. And we're both pediatricians at UC Davis Children's Hospital in Sacramento, California. Okay, Dr. Dean. So I think that we need to have another special episode because I have to admit when I started seeing all the news about monkeypox, I just kind of like emotionally shut down. Did that happen to you too? <laughs> yeah, it did. I thought, oh, that's not going to affect us. I'm busy enough anyway. So, so that's going to be just some small little thing. Absolutely. And I was like at my like mental and emotional capacity for like the pandemic Initially, it sounded like this was not going to affect children and I could just totally push it out of my mind. And now it seems like cases are continuing to rise. There have been few, but some cases diagnosed in children. And a lot more parents are asking me about this. And I acknowledge now that I probably need to get some answers. And that's where you come in. Well, thanks. Yeah, it has been really interesting the initial models when the outbreak first started suggested it would be a very short outbreak, but something's different about this, and this seems to have legs. It seems to have continuing transmission. Yeah, so let's just start off with what every parent actually wants to know, which is how worried do we really need to be about this as pediatricians and parents impacting children? Yeah, so the short answer is that people need to be a little bit worried, not a lot worried. You know, parents and pediatricians should be aware of monkeypox and just a little bit worried about it because we have seen pediatric cases, cases may be transmitted to children, and there are some increased risks um, depending on the age of the child. Let's start by talking about what monkeypox is, where it came from, how it originated. Is it from a monkey? Why does it have this name? Yeah, so it's called monkeypox, and primates may be infected with monkeypox, but it's more common in certain rat species and squirrels. So there are many different animals may carry it, and it can be transmitted to humans from animals if they have close contact, or if the animals contaminate the bedding that people sleep in, so the linens, and then people sleep in that bed, then they have prolonged contact with the bedding, and it may be transmitted that way. Ah. Yikes. Like rats in, in your linens? That does not sound like something that we want. Exactly. Right. Okay. Well, let's say that we're now talking about human-to-human -human transmission. So how do we know monkeypox is spread primarily? Yeah. So the vast majority of cases are transmitted from prolonged skin-to-skin -skin contact. It's not casual contact. It's people who really are very close with intimate contact. And so many of the cases that have been reported are men having sex with men. So that's going to be prolonged skin-to-skin -skin contact. But it can also but so occur... Is like, so are, I, I get that, but so uh -huh. is men having sex with women, right? Like, that's exactly. what confuses me. Like, the prolonged skin-to-skin -skin contact could be any intercourse. So why is this being seen primarily in homosexual men? Yeah, so it it is within that community, but of course we do expect there to be more cases because some of these men will have sex with women, so there's going to be cases in women, and then there's going to be cases in families too, because if somebody in the household has monkeypox, then normal families are going to have prolonged skin-to-skin -skin contact. 
by hugging, by being together, by maybe co-sleeping. And then again, the bedding, the linens may be contaminated. And then that's that prolonged time when people are asleep in the bed and and touching those contaminated linens, that's going to result in transmission of cases too. So that's going to result in the vast majority of cases. A very small number of cases may be transmitted via the respiratory route. That's been documented in the past, but that that seems to be very uncommon. Okay. And just as a question, can this spread, let's say, to the linens before the rash actually appears? Yeah, I'm not aware of that. You know, you can you can find it sort of contaminating different things, and it hasn't been detected in the throat, for example, of people who are otherwise asymptomatic. But I'm not aware of any data that shows that it can be transmitted that way or that it can be transmitted from people without skin lesions who are asymptomatic or presymptomatic. Okay, so I think you touched on this a little bit already, but what can people do to decrease the risk of getting monkeypox? Well, if you have a rash that's not diagnosed that might be monkeypox, then you should avoid having prolonged skin-to-skin contact with people. And the same is true if you see somebody who has a rash. You're going to want to avoid skin-to-skin contact with them unless you know what it is. If this is a person who has eczema or something else, then then, then that's one thing. On the other hand, if it's this new rash and, and you don't know what it is, then there it might be monkeypox and there might be a risk of transmission. And not only that, um, you know, there's other things that are infectious that cause rashes that might be transmitted. So, so I think it's good, good practice that if somebody has a rash and you're not sure what it is, avoid skin-to-skin contact with them. Absolutely. And I have to say I've had a lot of wonderful parents over the last month or so like scheduling video visits with me to be like, what the heck is this rash? Mm-hmm. Is this monkeypox? Like just concerned parents, obviously. And as we're all learning about this, and if your child has a rash that you haven't seen before, you can reach out to your healthcare provider too. And and we can use our tools to kind of help you with that risk assessment and to see what it might be. Mm-hmm. Um, but a little bit going off of that, what would the typical clinical rash look like for a child who was infected with monkeypox? Yeah, so even before the rash appears, there's some nonspecific signs and symptoms. So you could have fever, swollen glands, malaise, not feeling well, um, fatigue, headache, that can occur. Um, and then the rash um, can appear. It usually progresses from a macular papular lesion, so that's just a small dot or a small bump, and then it goes to vesicles, which are small fluid-filled lesions. The vesicles then turn to pustules, so the fluid turns cloudy, and then finally it scabs over. And during this time, people are infectious, and this can last from two to four weeks during this period of time until it can resolve. Oy, so we really want to keep kids from getting this because we don't need to miss any more school. <laughs> right, right, definitely. Because the schools, you know, most schools have really good policies in place to exclude children who have rashes unless they know what they are because, again, the rash is a signal that it could be infection that could be transmitted to other children. Yeah. So just recently in my practice, I had a kiddo come in due to concern for monkeypox, right, and a rash. And I was reading through their chart and reading through their history, and I saw that this kid had a history of something called molluscum contagiosum, which is a super Mm -hmm. common viral pediatric rash, and it is like a skin-colored bump usually, and kids get them 
and they're just they just take forever to go away mm-hmm. and they, do. they can scratch them and and get some of the viral particle under their fingers and scratch somewhere else and new lesions will pop up and what was different about this one was that it looked kind of infected it was like red and a little larger but i saw in her chart that she had had it there before and so i was like okay i'm Pretty confident saying that this is just an infected molluscum. This is not mm-hmm. monkeypox. She did not have any fevers or malaise or anything like that before. No contact with anyone else with a rash. But there are a lot of pediatric things that, that look kind of similar to this. So what are some other kind of mimics of monkeypox that we could see in pediatrics? Yeah, you know, it can look like virtually anything. So it can look like chickenpox because the chickenpox has the small fluid-filled vesicles. Herpes can be another one. Hand, foot, and mouth disease or infections due to enteroviruses such as Coxsackie virus can be very similar. Allergic skin reactions may initially appear similar. And then molluscum is another common one that has been confused with monkeypox. Right. And the good news for some of those that you mentioned, like chickenpox, you know, the vast majority of kids are vaccinated against this now. So I think I've mm-hmm. seen one case in my career of chickenpox when you're laughing because you've probably seen like a million. I mean, I had exactly. it as a child. <laughs> right. Yeah, you had it. So you've, you've seen yourself with it. <laughs> yes. But um, it's pretty rare now because of the mm-hmm. vaccination. And we can test. We can do a swab of the lesion for chickenpox, for herpes, not for some of the other viral illnesses like enterovirus or molluscum. But luckily now there's also a swab for monkeypox, correct? Yeah, you know, initially there was, it, this was um, in limited availability, so it could only be done through public health, which really didn't have the resources to do that many tests. But now there are several commercial laboratories that will do this test, and so any doctor, any physician, any clinic can do a swab of the lesion and send it off to be tested. The problem um, with that is that the commercial labs generally have a two- to three- or four-day turnaround time. And so people really don't want to wait that long for it. So hopefully in the near future, this will be done more locally in in hospital labs. So a lot of hospitals are working on developing a test that can be done in their own laboratory. Okay, so then let's say that swab comes back and it does reveal that your kid has monkeypox. How can we go about treating for it and, you know, making sure that it doesn't progress? Yeah, so there is an antiviral treatment for it. It hasn't been well studied, but it appears to be safe. So we have a very low threshold to treat people who have monkeypox. It's called Ticoviramat, and it's given twice per day. It seems to be very well tolerated. It's available in oral formulations for people who are outpatients. Um, And people, if they're too sick and need to be hospitalized, it's also available as an intravenous formulation. Okay, and it's been approved for children as well as adults? It's under uh, emergency use um, authorization um, approval. So it's similar to how the COVID vaccines first came out, which is that there's not that much clinical experience with it, but there's enough experience that we generally know that it's safe um, and that it's likely to be effective. So that's how it gets out under the emergency use authorization. Okay, perfect. And then I've seen a lot in the news about vaccination and, you know, talking about how difficult it had been for people who were in higher risk communities um, to get access to vaccines. Is there a role for vaccination in children? 
Yeah, so there's two vaccines that can be used. One is the smallpox vaccine, which will provide some cross-protection, but that one can have a lot of side effects. So I'm not sure if the benefits really outweigh the side effects in, in, in terms of using that vaccine. So the one that's preferred is the monkeypox vaccine, which people probably heard the, the name of that, which is Geneos. And that one is much better tolerated with less side effects. But at the beginning of the outbreak, there were really only a limited number of doses. The manufacturer has really ramped up production, but there's still not enough to meet demand. And so it is being limited in terms of being administered to those who are at highest risk as determined by public health. Gotcha. So that might be um, the men having sex with men community or those who have, you know, high risk skin to skin contact. So probably not kids, most children, maybe some teenagers. Right. Maybe some teenagers and maybe some children, for example, if they're going to be living in a household with somebody who has monkeypox, those would be be, um, kids that we would consider it. And it can be given to children as young as 12 months of age. Okay. So let's pretend in the rare instance that a child does test positive for monkeypox. And we talked about the whole missing school and that it can take, you said, up to four weeks for these lesions Mm -hmm. to completely crust over. So what are the isolation guidelines that we as pediatricians should be giving or parents should be aware of that if you have a, a rash that might be concerning, what should we do? So if people have monkeypox, they remain contagious until their rash is fully resolved. And that means that the scabs fall off and that new skin has formed. And that usually takes up to two to four weeks. And while they're in the contagious period, children with monkeypox should cover their skin lesions. We should try to encourage the children not to scratch the skin lesions or touch their eyes because by scratching, they can auto-inoculate or, or actually infect other areas of their body. Um, and they should avoid contact with other people and pets because we've all heard about how um, it may be transmitted to pets because people often do have prolonged contact um, with their pets, right? They cuddle with their pets. That's true. I know I do. <laughs> uh-huh. And then if possible, there should be one person who's the caregiver of the child with monkeypox and take care to avoid skin-to-skin contact with the rash. And children who are at least two years of age, um, they should wear a mask because it may be transmitted rarely via the respiratory route. So they should wear a mask um, when they're interacting with others. And the caregiver should be wearing a mask and gloves and gown and stuff if they're um, in contact. And then not return to school or childcare while they're contagious. Um, and then most state public health get actively involved in every single case of monkeypox and help determine when it is safe for people to return to the usual activities. How about, you know, I'm, of course, still in COVID brain, like long COVID and all of these things that we worried about after COVID-19. Are there any long-term effects from monkeypox that, that we need to worry about? You know, the lesions may result in scarring. So obviously, if they occur on the face, that would be of concern. And then for children eight years of age or younger, it has been reported to cause more severe disease. And so this can result in, in things like rare complications like inflammation of the brain or swelling of the glands around the neck that could interfere with breathing. And rarely it's been reported to cause death, although this strain that's currently causing the the worldwide outbreak um, appears to have a very low rate of death compared to um, previous outbreaks. So much less than 1% of people are, are reported to have died. 
Okay, well, that's at least some good news. Well, thank you so much for shedding some light on this new, um, I don't know, we're not calling it a pandemic, are we? What is it no, being called no. right now? We're not calling it a pandemic <laughs> because it's it's really not 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 expected to result in in really widespread infection because of the prolonged skin to skin contact that's required. So it's it's so much different than COVID, which can be transmitted via even casual contact. Right. Okay. So we hope that we shed a little bit of light on monkeypox and and hopefully put your mind at ease a little bit, but also made you kind of perk up if there is a new rash or anyone around you has a rash so that you can make sure that you get your child assessed and and take care of it. Let's summarize today's topic. The current monkeypox outbreak is caused by a virus that is most likely transmitted by prolonged skin-to-skin contact. Right. The typical presentation is going to be a like viral-like illness with fever, fatigue, maybe swollen lymph nodes. And then you'll see this rash pop up that starts as a little red dot and then may form into a vesicle that will rupture and blister over. This rash may be confused with many other childhood infections, but this may be diagnosed and confirmed as monkeypox by a simple swab test, swabbing the lesion and sending it out for testing. Well, we know that kids are much less likely to get infected. If they are, it's reasonable to talk with your healthcare provider and see if they may be a candidate for antiviral treatment. And in some cases, it may be appropriate for children or other family members to be vaccinated if they are at high risk for infection. If you, your child or someone you know does have monkeypox, it's important to remain in isolation away from others um, that you could expose through skin-to-skin contact until all of the lesions have completely healed and the scab has fallen off. And children um, eight years of age and younger are particularly vulnerable to possible complications of monkeypox, so make sure that they are evaluated if you have any concerns. Do you have a joke today? Well, I do. Let's hear it. What did the bartender say when Ebola, COVID, and monkeypox walk into his bar? What? What is this? Some kind of sick joke? (laughs) That wraps up this episode of Kids Considered. You can find more information on our website, kidsconsidered.ucdavis.edu. Follow us on Twitter at Kids Considered. And Instagram at Kids Considered. If you have feedback on this show or topics you would like us to discuss in the future, we would love to hear from you. Please call us. Our number is 916-915-3388. Or email us at kidsconsidered at gmail.com. Please rate us on iTunes or wherever you subscribe to your podcasts. Thank you for listening, and we hope you will join us for our next podcast. Kids Considered is sponsored by UC Davis Children's Hospital. 